Hello, and welcome to the BPL Podcast. My name is Josh, and in this episode, we're going to focus on the local literary journal Tomorrow and Tomorrow, founded by Christopher and Gretchen Armstrong. Tomorrow and Tomorrow is a biannual print journal founded in the beginnings of the 2020 pandemic to shine a spotlight on the creative community in Columbus, Ohio, and beyond. Each issue is a unique mixtape of fiction, nonfiction, poetry, and visual art from diverse voices. Here's my interview with Christopher and Gretchen Armstrong. Thanks, Chris and Gretchen, for being here and hanging out with me today. Yeah, we're glad to be here. Yeah, can you both just talk a little bit about your backgrounds? As it relates to our literary journal project, I mean, I was an English major in college um, and uh, sort of with an emphasis in creative writing uh, and dabbled with it on and off um, and then had sort of, uh, I went to law school after undergrad. So I do a lot of writing um, and editing in my day job, but um, not like of a different style. Mm-hmm, uh, and I sort of, you know, as I started to get back into it, I was looking for connections and things like that. Um, you know, and in Columbus, it seemed like this was something that, you know, could be, uh, maybe a niche that, that had some space in it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, but I think our backgrounds really synergistically work together on this. So I'll let you talk about yours. Yeah. I mean, uh, my background is not necessarily related to literary journals very directly. I've got a sociology degree and a public administration, um, also, uh, but I've always done art sort of informally on the side, and I've taken a few classes at Columbus State or the Columbus Cultural Arts Center is amazing, um, and so that has been, you know, huge in my development, and then also I've always been an avid reader, so with regard to choosing the poetry and the submissions we have mm-hmm. for stories, you know, I... I the most delightful thing about this whole endeavor is just every time we get a new submission in our inbox, it's just amazing. To yeah. <laughs> They're just sending us amazing work. Uh, yeah. So it's so exciting. And so what was the, um, why, why now? Why did you pick now as a time to create this literary journal? Well, the original, uh, impetus was the, the pandemic. We had, we had always sort of tossed around the idea of doing a, literary journal, but thought, oh, when we retire or mm. when we actually have some time on our hands. But then around about September 2020, we kind of had a lot of time on our hands <laughs> yeah. and thought, you know, and actually it was, uh, Chris just had the big, what if, what if we did it now? And so um, we started Tomorrow and Tomorrow. We thought it would be a great way to reach out to other artists and creators in the community and beyond just to feel a little less alone, a little less like we were just trapped in our own space. Mm -hmm. Um, Just knowing that there were people throughout Columbus, throughout the world, just sitting in their homes and creating and still, still out there doing amazing work. Yeah. It's funny. I, I feel like I imagine most people's like post retirement goals are like, move to Florida or like (laughs) buy an RV and like tour the country or something like that. Like, that's cool that you guys have that literary journal goal. You know, you guys are very 
yeah, seem like art lovers. Yeah, I mean, you know, for us that is, you know, it's, it's, it's what we had always sort of done when we could go out is you know, go to art galleries, go to plays, go to, you know, uh, live music events and, mm-hmm. and you know, um, and yeah, like, you know, uh, art fairs, things like that. Um, so this, I mean, this is like, it's like in line, like it's on brand for us to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, it keeps, it's keep things, keeps things interesting. I don't think I can stomach a retirement of like Matlock reruns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, so with the COVID shutdown, with both of you being, having a, that like, you know, itch that needs to be scratched, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, did you find that the shutdown allowed you to dig into your own personal projects and you felt really motivated or was it more like this, this disruption of normal life kind of like stifled all of that? I don't know. Is that, that's a tough first? question. I mean, I think, um, I, can I say both? I mean, yeah, cause I it's think been a long time too. We're, we're in like what month 20 of this. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and, it's, and it's continued to evolve. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I think on the one hand it, it, it shifted what we were, we putting our energies. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm an improv, improvisational performer when I can talk um, <laughs> as well. And I, but I couldn't really do any improv shows. We were doing stuff on zoom, but it's not the same. And yeah. Like I said, we used to go out and just, we were always, you know, doing something and sitting around. Like I do think um, like what, like the, the piece that became the cover of our first issue mm-hmm. was a collage that Gretchen had done mm-hmm. um, before April. Yeah. Like before we decide, but during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was before we decided to do this. Um, so it's like, you know, like she was digging into doing some art mm-hmm. and I was also, I think, digging into writing, but I was, um, like we included a piece of mine, like a, a short story in the, in the issue, the first, the issue. first issue, um, which I was on the fence about, um, and it was like, on the, well, on the one hand is this, this, this looked just like a long con to get my story published, but, <laughs> yeah, but okay. really I was like, no, it's, I think it's a vote of confidence in the project. But at the same time, it was like the my interest in writing was rekindled by the pandemic because it's a thing you can do at home alone. Right. But also the journal like forced me to finish that project mm-hmm. because we had a deadline and I had it, we had an, an outlet for it. And so it really kind of is like, I guess the answer is both. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite, um, quotes is, um, I don't know the exact quote, actually, but it's Duke Ellington. And he said, like, I wouldn't have written a note if I didn't have a deadline. Mm, yeah. You know, one of the greatest, like, oh, totally. composers of all time. Yeah. You know? um, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I feel like there's a, a mythology about great art being created during trying times mm-hmm. instead of, like, in spite of them. Whether it's, like, somebody dealing with, like, substance abuse or, you know, composer writing a symphony during authoritarian rule or something mm-hmm. like that. Do you feel like COVID creativity has taken on that mythology or do you, do you believe that mythology? I think it depends on where you are. Right. I mean, yeah. I think even any given day too, it was, there are a lot of ups and downs, emotional highs and lows throughout the entire thing. And some days, you know, just like everybody, you know, had those days where you just didn't want to get off the couch, but mm-hmm. other days it's just like, you know, okay, well, what could I do? What, what could be done within this, within this framework? It's, uh, 
I read something about trammels or something like like artificial constraints you put on your writing or your art to mm. try to um, make you burst out into creativity in new ways. And I think it was to some extent that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I like to use those to like, it like focuses you sometimes. It doesn't mm-hmm. make you feel like, oh, I have to create this bigger idea. It's like, oh, what's the actual work that needs to get done to yeah. like stair step up to that? Yeah. I don't I mean, I, I'd be curious to see. I think it probably varies from, you know, person to person in terms of whether the the pandemic is, is whether it's substantively impacted what they're working on, whether they're an artist or a writer, what, what their creation is. But I do think, is just speaking for myself, and I think probably for a lot of people involved in this project, is it it because it slowed everything down and mm-hmm. threw everyone out of their routines. I think when it whenever you do that, you have the opportunity to sort of stop look, taking things for granted and to sort of look around, but also to go deeper mm-hmm. into yourself and into your feelings. And I think that quality permeates especially a lot of the stuff in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, for us, it's like. We always say it's like, you know, one of the themes of the first issue of Tomorrow and Tomorrow is the pandemic. And we always worry that people are going to be put off by that. And they're going to say, I don't want to read about the pandemic. I lived through it. Or I haven't <laughs> yeah. been through it enough already. Right. You know, give me give me a squid game. I want to escape. Yeah. Although, quite clear whether that's also sort of pandemic-y. But, uh, you know, this is this is pandemic-inspired in the sense that it's it's – the, the people who have all been through it, it's what it did to them, mm-hmm. right? Which is not always a bad thing. I think it's, and for creators in particular, I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the sort of spirit, at least, that we try to view it by is like, you know, uh, I think I, at one point I said something about this. This is like, here's here's the candle that was burning in my house during this pandemic. Here's what it was lighting up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's a long way to say yes mm-hmm. to your question. Yeah. But the second issue, we've really kind of taken a bit of a turn away. It's not overtly focused on the pandemic mm-hmm. or, or the specific sense of place now. We went with a theme right. of ghosts uh, inter- interpreted as loosely and creatively as, as people would like to. So I think that also gave us a focus of something, just something new to to inspire. And- yeah, yeah. And about that issue, I was I was kind of reading up on it as I, you know, um, was preparing and I was kind of picturing like, I don't know, spooky, like campfire stories, you know, or like uh, creepy visual art or something like that. But as I was reading it, I was like, like the, the couple of quotes that I pulled here are the connection that survives loss, the thoughts, people and powers that shadow us lurking just below the surface of a mirror, the manifestation of our past obsessions denied self-centered writing and art, inspiration as a form of haunting. So this, like, it feels like it's going a lot deeper, like you were saying, into your feelings, way deeper than, like, a scary pulp story that I was kind of, like, you know, mm-hmm. imagining. Um, was it kind of a conscious decision to um, select stories like this, or was this just what was submitted, and this is kind of what you guys gravitated towards? Uh, I think, it, I mean, it was a conscious decision. I mean, that what you were reading was, was from, in part from our, our, um, our call for submissions, mm-hmm. which, which also we got, we got what we asked for. So we, we kept it yeah. in terms of our, our sort of promotional okay. uh, material. Cool. Um, but yeah, like we always envisioned it as, 
ghost in the literary sense. Like, so we started with the concept of like just sort of gothic, like, you know, the past sort of manifesting itself, haunting the present. Mm -hmm. But there's lots of different ways you can take it. And that was one of the things that we looked at when we were sorting through submissions is, you know, was this, a, is this a creative take on the theme? Mm -hmm. You know, we had, you know, many things that were submitted that were, you know, well-executed ghost stories mm -hmm. um, that we ended up not taking uh, even though there was nothing wrong with the story, yeah, uh, it just was, you know, we were looking for things that took it to like a, you know, an interesting place, a place you might not necessarily expect. We have a few mm -hmm. um, just straight up ghost stories. Mm -hmm. And we, we wanted a sort of a variety of interpretations, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. to really yeah. um, pull the reader through and delight the, the reader for, you know, with each new take and each new... Uh, interpretation yeah it's yeah. not it's not meant to be here's 15 ghost stories that are basically kind of doing the same thing mm -hmm. right it's, right it's, we want to kind of you know how how can we explode the concept of, of ghosts every which way yeah you know explore it as far as possible right mm -hmm. you know but give it to you in a way that is at least sequenced that in a way that you know like if you if you read through it it kind of takes you on a little bit of a of a journey either emotionally or or conceptually that, mm -hmm. it, that, it, that, it, that it, you know, it's, it's exploring things in different directions, but it also all gels together. Well, we, we think of each issue as kind of a piece. So it's yeah. A mixtape, right? Right. Like that's yeah. our, we grew up in the nineties making mixtapes. <laughs> yes. Putting lots of thought and care about the things that are chosen and the placement of those pieces and yeah. so on and so forth. And yeah. We, we bring that same approach to sort of, I don't know, kind of curate a, a written, uh, experience I think yeah and that's that was one thing that I wanted to bring up too because I'm I'm a music lover so you know right. listening to albums it's like album song order on the album it you know mm -hmm. it really helps make the each song impactful and you have one song that ends a certain way that dovetails into another song and stuff like that but with this you know you guys have different art forms right mm -hmm. it w within the journal so like how do you how do you pick how do you create a structure that's like oh this can be fiction while maybe there's a, a piece of visual art or mm -hmm. sculpture or something like that how mm -hmm. do how do you sort through all of that i mean just very carefully it's it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's one of the most fun uh Points in the process yeah. for us. Yeah, we get everything all printed out, all of our, our selections, and then we talk it through, and we're like, what if we did this and then that? And then, ooh, this would feel, or there's sort of an element in this story that was reflected in this mm -hmm. photograph, and then, you know. So it's like, move the, the coffee table. Yes. Living yes. room floor. Literally. Yes. Kind of. Yes. Yeah. Lay it all out. Yeah. yeah. And and it, see how it, it feels. And it really is. It's like making a mixtape or sequencing an album. Mm -hmm. um, and you could you could come up with different orders. And, you know, there's no requirement that people read through the book from cover to cover straight right. through in, in order. But we always put in our editor's note that we recommend it. Yeah. Because we view it as, you know, the juxtaposition itself creates meaning. So you have meaning within each piece. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, if you put if you put these two pieces next to each other, where often you know, it's a poem and a story or, uh, you know, a story and a photograph or something like that. Um, you know, it's also going to make you think something or feel something. And we sort of view that as value added from the editor perspective, mm -hmm. but also I think something that differentiates us from a lot of literary journals. Um, 
you know, first of all, we we deal in a lot of different media. We have mm -hmm. we have stories, we have poems, we have um, visual art, which includes like so far uh, photography and painting. Um, we have uh, you know memoir. We've we've had um, uh, you know various other sorts of nonfiction pieces. Uh, so we're casting a wide net, but I think on purpose because this is the 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 whole the whole issue is is also a, a piece it's also a thing mm -hmm. in, in a way like a lot of literary journals which you know we read and, and enjoy and love but they're they're basically kind of like a list you know um here, yeah. here's a list of the best stuff that we got this submission period and they don't necessarily relate to each other some journals will do themed issues and things like that yeah um but i i don't know you don't always get the sense anyway that they're placing a lot of emphasis on the the sequencing mm -hmm. um in a way that we you know we really hope that we're kind of bridging the gap a little bit between a literary journal and just a book or an anthology. We still have the word anthology in our email address, I think. Originally, we conceived of this as a one-off. Mm -hmm. It would just be an anthology of, of work. And then it, it got... We got so much amazing I mean, creative content for the first issue. We thought, gosh, what if we could do this again? <laughs> <laughs> so it became this juggernaut. But, um, uh, but you know, I think that, that ethos of, like, each, each, each piece, each issue... Uh, is, you know, a coherent whole um, has remained. Mm, mm -hmm. So We also need to make sure we include, uh, we have a poetry, a contributing poetry editor who's also a Bexley resident. Oh, okay. Uh, Beth Leinstock. Um, okay. So just to make sure we... We, yeah, credit where we it's due. Credit where credit's due. Okay. She helps us make a, uh, our final decisions with regard to poetry because uh, that's her area of expertise. And okay. Although Chris and I love poetry, we don't necessarily know what we're looking for from a technical perspective. Yeah, so. yeah. And how do you know her? Uh, so she, uh, we, have, we, had a mutual, we have a mutual friend. Okay. She lives here in Bexley. Um, and uh, we, Gretchen and I, when we were just getting this started, we took a sort of personal retreat to Pittsburgh, um, which is where her parents live. So we saw them outside social distance, but we didn't stay with them. We mm -hmm. did like an Airbnb in this uh, cool converted gas station on the south side of Pittsburgh, which oh. was super neat. Cool. Uh, and we, I, so I posted photos of it. Um, and our, our mutual friend uh, sent me a text message and said, what are the odds that I would have two friends who both took writer's retreats to Pittsburgh the same weekend? Beth Weinstock had been there in a different part of town, also taking sort of a personal poetry writing retreat. Uh, and so I said, well, my gosh, you know, we're doing this literary journal. If she's a poet, you know, let her know that we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, she ended up submitting work. She, she was, uh, her her poems were the first poems that we accepted. Cool. Um, and they are the first poems in the first issue. They, they lead okay. off. Um, the, uh, the first poem is called Good Morning Columbus, Ohio, um, nice. which is a great poem that talks about, you know, Columbus, and it's it's a great way to sort of start off the, the entire issue. Yeah. Um, and as we started talking to her, she said, you know, I love what you're planning. Uh, this was, you know, before anyone had seen a copy and really knew what we were even doing. Yeah. And it was, uh, but she said, you know, I, I, I love what you're planning. Let me know how I can help. I would love to be involved. And she's a reader for um, a fairly well-known journal called Plowshares. Uh, mm -hmm. She has an MFA in poetry from Bennington. I mean, she's, you know, yeah. quite knowledgeable about poetry. And we said, would you be willing to, you know, help us go through our poetry submissions and, and you know, be sort of a consulting editor for poetry? And she said, absolutely. That's great. Um, so that's so then we've, we've gotten to know her better since then. Yeah. Um, but before we started this, we didn't know her. That's this, a great example of how this has, you know, forged connections yeah. uh, that didn't exist prior, you know, prior to that. So. Right, right. Mm -hmm. One thing that 
I, I find really interesting is people in relationships doing creative work together. So um, it's not like remodeling your kitchen, although that can't is creative. There's a very obvious goal at the end. It's like, oh, the oven works and the, the cabinet's shut and all that kind of stuff. Where art, it's hard to decide, you know, whether something is finished or an idea is interesting on an individual level, let alone like with another creative partner. Um, so how do you navigate, how do you two navigate your relationship, work relationship to each other while also kind of trying to serve the art, you mm -hmm. know? Do you want to feel that one? Or do I, I don't know. It's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> um, I we've, we've learned to try and take turns talking during podcasts. Um, oh, that's sure. Thing. Yeah. Um, I tend to talk a lot in at length and ramble. Yes. <laughs> and I'm the classic introvert, so I'm like, so I, yeah. I try to like share the space. Right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm always like, do you want to feel this one? But uh, I think one good thing is that we work together very well. Um, it's funny that you mentioned like redoing the kitchen because we uh, did. I think we repainted our kitchen cabinets also. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, this I, is way more this fun. This is way than anything way more with fun. Our kitchen. Yeah, uh, we successfully navigated both. Um, yeah, and yeah, I always say it's not every couple that can have like long, intense conversations about font choices and those sorts of things that are key to. Mm -hmm. Oh, totally, because there's, there's so many little decisions that mm -hmm. are involved. And at first, I think we tried to do everything. I would be like, oh, I wrote this email. Like, do you want to read it before I send it? Yeah. And things like that. And now we've sort of been like, okay, well, we trust each other to kind of like, you know, okay, I handled this. Or great, thanks. I handled that. Great, thanks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the the joy of the business, running the business aspects of it are things that we're capable of doing and that, you know, we I think we work well on. But the real joy of it is being able to talk about the, and and go through the submissions and talk about those kinds of decisions and, you know, we would sometimes in the past read the same book and then talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, so now we get to read all the same stuff and, and talk about that. Um, so it's it's feeding something that we were already into anyway. Mm. Um, but, you know, there have been times where we've disagreed. Um, but I think what we do is, is, is you work through it and it's good practice. I mean, you know, I, when we were, um, you know, like I said, I, was, I, I wrote a story that's in the first issue. And when Gretchen read, you know, the first draft... Um, there was a whole section that she said, I, I you know, I really, cause she's a very good editor and said, I, I, I think you really need to cut this entire section. And I said, Oh my God, no, I can't do <laughs> Feels that. Feels like cutting off a finger or yeah, something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I try to, you know, be good at accepting feedback and what we, what we eventually, you know, work through is, okay, why does she think it doesn't fit? Why do I think it's necessary? Let's talk about how we can meet both of those needs. Mm -hmm. And then the story was way better because of that. And yeah. I think that's just an example of how, you know, um, we've worked, you know, together on a lot of things mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, you know, choosing photography or, or things like that to mm -hmm. go with, you know, um, to go with the, the stories and things like that. It's just the more we put our ideas together, we come up with something that neither of us might have done on our own. Right. It's better. To work through stuff. Yeah. It's better and hopefully will appeal to a broader audience. Mm -hmm. You know, we come from, you know, different backgrounds of mm -hmm. what we like to read to some extent. Sure. So, you know, it's good to have our two perspectives in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I might edit all of this out, but I, I really want to, I want to like dig into the, the font choice <laughs> as like a conversation as compared to the, the the painting of kitchen cabinets. Mm -hmm. So what what is it about those two decisions that that is it one just one is laborious 
um, that makes it that makes it horrible um, versus like hmm. maybe it's our attention to detail where okay. we have so much more control maybe over the little choices and we I lay it all out in InDesign and we have control over every aspect of how it looks and what we include. Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe that feels better, or maybe we're just more proud of the creative process. Like kitchen cabinets, you, you once they're new and they're painted, you kind of ignore them after a time. Whereas, yeah. you know, we look over and see the this collected work of you know we each commit, uh, contributed something in the first issue, which mm -hmm. is exciting. But the second issue is purely other contributors' work, and it's just so beautiful to see, and so much more satisfying. I mm -hmm. think. Uh, on a gut level. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just it's a, it's easy to say when you're, and, and, you know, we recognize that we're in a very privileged position when it comes to surviving the pandemic. I mean, we talked about, gosh, it was rough, but we were both able to keep our jobs and work from home and yeah. our kids were safe and we were safe. And like, you know, we, rec we recognize that that is not, uh, you know, and maybe continues to be not necessarily the case for everyone. But um, just to answer the question, I mean, I think the kitchen cabinet thing, it's utilitarian. I mean, you know, it's yeah. quotidian. Like, the, the kids are going to come in and slam them, you know. It's like <laughs> yeah. there's something that's going to be jelly spilled down the whole thing. And, you know, yeah, maybe one of these is going to get coffee spilled on it, too. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of the, the issue. But it's the fact that it's even, if it, even though it is we're talking about, like, uh, what font should we use, what typeface should we use. It, it's a more artistic and it just, I think it just speaks to your soul differently, mm -hmm. at least mine. But, you know, I mean, if we were like doing fine woodworking and building the cabinets, we would feel the same way. But right. when we were just, you know, slapping some paint on, you know, this uh, can't be over soon enough. It was right. It's like, like, this isn't really feeding my soul in a way that, you know, creating something does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, right. And really, you know, having the opportunity to showcase the work of all these creators and, mm -hmm. and, and make those connections. Uh, we had we had a launch event when was that? in June, June. Yeah. and it was so amazing to have people together in a room after so long apart, reading poetry, talking about the creative process. Mm -hmm. It was just tremendously energizing. And this, you know, this what you hold in your hand is a representation of 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 a community that's just growing with each issue that we put out, which mm -hmm. is just. So exciting. Yeah, it sounds like a more of a labor of love than a chore. Yeah, sure. absolutely. <laughs> yes. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Far more rewarding. Yes. Okay, so um, one thing we ask everybody um, at the end of the podcast is what are you reading, watching, listening to, playing right now that you're super excited about? Well... Uh, I'm in the middle of two books. Uh, I'm reading The Night Watchman by Louise Erdrich uh, for a book club. And then I got, I hope I can say this on here, uh, the book Night Bitch, mm. which is really good. It's, yeah. uh, I forget the author's name, but that's also really, I got it from the library and I it jumped the line of my, my nightstand. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm focused on that one. Uh, and then like the rest of the world, I just started watching Squid Game. So Yeah, yeah, TV. cool. Uh, yeah, um, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm the king of, of coming here or to bookstores and, and getting books and then uh, leaving them around in stacks so that Gretchen then raids. Yes. Um, so <laughs> right. she's read more of my TBR list than I have. But um, uh, I'm actually the uh, one thing I'm reading right now is actually a book by one of our contributors. Um, his name's Matt Lang. 
Um, uh, he's a writer from Chicago um, who um, has put out several books, uh, one of which we um, is called The Grief, and it has three short stories that we took one of and put in uh, with his permission. We didn't just steal it. <laughs> yeah, just cut it out. It, um, uh, in The Ghost Issue. Uh, but he has a new book out called 2039 uh, that I'm reading. Um, it's a sort of speculative fiction. Um, I, it's uh, The moon is going to disappear, I believe, and I think we'll find out what happens to uh. people's relationships after that. Uh, yeah, watching Squid Game, we just started uh, with, with our son rewatching The Sopranos. How old is your son? Uh, 15. 15, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, so hopefully that won't get CPS called on us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just interested when people talk about like watching stuff with their kids, because right mm-hmm. now I'm like, really deep into Curious George. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. I'm like... Your day will come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the, the, yeah, it seems like so novel to me to like watch The Sopranos with my mm-hmm. child. Oh, it'll happen before <laughs> you know it. I mean, yeah. yeah. And of course, now our, our 15-year-olds, when they, they get together with their friends, they, they watch Curious George with nostalgia factor. They're wow. like, oh, let's throw on like Curious George. And they're like, they're like yeah, look, that theme song slaps. <laughs> Uh, for real, so get ready. It is a good theme song. Yeah, um, but I mean, I like book wise, like I tend to love books that um, you know. I'm a I'm a short story person and a, and a novel person. Narrative is sort of where I like to hang out. Mm-hmm. So I love a good story well told. Um, but also, I love things that do weird things with narrative that tell stories in interesting or new ways. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Keith Ridgway has a new book out that I can't wait to start called A Shock. Um, I really loved his uh, previous book called Hawthorne and Child, which is like a sort of series of interlocking stories. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of my favorites is a book um, by Christopher Jansma, um, which is also so it started as a series of short stories. And as you, pr- it's called The Unchangeable Spots of Leopards. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you go through it, you like the ki- the characters' names change and like the time periods change, but you, you oh. come to realize that it's basically the same character is kind of carrying on sort of the same story. Yeah. And it's all very meta. I think the, the first, you open, you open the book and the first thing it says is, if you believe you are the author of this book, please contact Hazlitt and Grouse Publishers at your earliest <laughs> convenience. So I love meta fiction and things like that too. Yeah, that's They just cool. do interesting things with like the way the story is told or that break the fourth wall like that or things right. like that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. How, how can people get in contact with you guys? How can they get the journal, our, our contact you and social media, all that. Uh, yeah, so um, our website is www.tomorrowandtomorrow.net. Um, and uh, that's basically the place to go to start. Um, you can cool. find our submission criteria there if you want to submit something. Um, submissions are open right now through the end of this month uh, for our spring issue. The theme for that one is birth, mm. uh, which is also as creatively interpreted as possible. New beginnings. Um, you know, passing of torches, ordeals, things like that. Um, you know, basically anything that that makes you think of and inspires you, we'd love to read it cool. um, or, or look at it because um, we also obviously seeking art. Um, you can also buy copies there. And uh, after this or, weekend, or, subscribe. or so you can also subscribe. We have some, several subscription options. Mm-hmm. Uh, copies are going to be available soon at Prologue Bookshop in the Short North okay. and at Austin and Company in Marion Village. Um, yeah. And hopefully Gramercy too. They carried the first issue. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're still working we're still, that out. It's new. Yeah. yeah. So, so. But okay, like cool. It. And then for the ghost issue, you guys were doing some sort of... Oh, the launch event. The launch. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, yeah, in June, we had a great event at Austin and Company. It's in Marion Village. It's a, it's a used bookstore and tea shop. They sell, they also have a full bar. Um, they do lots of like open mics and art, art openings. Um, they also started during the pandemic. So we feel like sort of a kindred spirit with them. Yeah, right. Um, except they're a for-profit business. At least we're, we're not for profit. Yeah. Um, but uh, they, you know, very graciously let us use their wonderful space. We put some of the art that was in the issue or other art by those artists up on their walls. Um, we had, you know, uh, poetry readings, short story writers read their work. We had a panel discussion. We're planning to do a very similar event again on November 4th, um, again at Austin and Company. Um, there will be information forthcoming on our website. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram, which you can find through our website. Cool. Um, but we'll have more details about that. But it's, again, we're hoping to have it be just a great evening of connection between readers and writers and artists and creators. Um, and, you know, it's a great venue. Uh, last time they did us a nice signature cocktail. Um, oh, cool. Hopefully they'll do one again. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit celebratory. It's a little bit thinky, a lot feely, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be in a room and, and with people who care about the same things and talking about that. So. And then for the uh, the launch for the ghost issue, is mm-hmm. are you are you planning on having some of the people in to read yeah. again mm-hmm. like you did before? Okay, yeah. cool. We've yeah. got, we're still checking calendars with folks, but we've got a number of people who are uh, who've expressed interest and are, are eager to meet with us. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to try to make it a virtual, a hybrid with a virtual option, but we're not sure. The tech remains to be worked out. Yes. But if we can yeah. do it, we're going to try and, and Zoom uh, some of the contributors who are far away in as well and have they can read over over Zoom and if I can figure out a way to project it. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there'll be an option to attend virtually just as an attendee, but we're going to, that's all TBD, but yeah. um, we want to try and make it cast as wide of a net as possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. One thing that I don't know if people are aware of is that we are interested in submissions from all different types of people. Mm. Um, Like in our first issue, we had, you know, a high schooler. Some of the art was by a middle schooler. We also have people who are retired. Mm. Like you don't have to be, you know, a published published author, although we have had plenty of those as well. Yeah. Um, So, you know, to the extent if you're, you know, if you are a, uh, a student who's interested in creative writing, you know, just put yourself out there. We'd love to read it. Yeah. You know, we may or may not print it, but we would love the chance to read it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we always try to provide, you know, uh, some degree of feedback to people too. Mm-hmm. I think that's really valuable, yeah. you know, trying to get stuff published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with all of us here in Bexley, we've got um, also two, two people in the ghost issue who are Bexley mm-hmm. residents. Mm-hmm. We've got, uh, sort of a broad category of uh, the Columbus area in Ohio, and then about a third of our contributors now are kind of throughout the United States at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really it's a great work. variety of yeah of, of hyper local to you know national. Do we have anyone from Canada yet? No, we, we don't have submissions. We, we can't yeah. claim to be international yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and just people who have you know this is literally the first time they've been published to people who are you know. Uh, you know, also putting out their own books and, and uh, you know, have novels published or, or poetry collections published. So. Thank you for tuning into the BPL podcast today. I hope you enjoyed. For the latest info about Tomorrow and Tomorrow, go to the website at www.tomorrowandtomorrow.net or at the handle Tomorrow and Tomorrow Anthology on all 
major social media platforms. To find out more about the Bexley Public Library, including upcoming events, visit our website, bexleylibrary.org, or the handle at Bexley Library across all social media platforms. If you like what you heard, please help us grow by telling a friend. Rate us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions of other great local guests to highlight, please email me at podcast at bexleylibrary.org. I'd also like to thank FOMO Deep, who lended us a song for the podcast today. You can find all their music at fomodeep.com. Thank you.